seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill them every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill? If I did, there well, would be hundreds. Well, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started laughing. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Danny. How you doing? You know, tired after an hour of messing with <laughs> everything. Oh, yeah, so we're trying to record remotely for the first time. And it is going so smoothly. Well, this part so far is going pretty smoothly. The worst <laughs> part was definitely setting it up and your notes somehow running off the page, which... <laughs> based on what I found, could suggest you need to, if you're lucky, reinstall Chrome. If you're unlucky, apparently wipe your computer. I don't know how to do either of those. So cool. I'm just going to ignore it. It's actually really easy. You just put it in water, your laptop, and then <laughs> uh -huh. put it under drain board for a week. It's fine. Yeah. Put some rice in there, right? Yeah. 20% of the time it works every time. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to ignore it and hope it gets better. Sounds <laughs> that's appropriate. How, that's how I deal with all my problems. Oh, see, we're my going with, I see we're going with the COVID treatment route. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So, you ready? <laughs> Definitely. This is a good one. Should we actually even mention that we've technically done it before? Yeah. So we have done it before a few months ago. Um, and then we ended up not using that one. And we're like, we should just redo it because it's an amazing story. Yeah, uh, it really is. Yeah. But I mean, we'll see how this goes. We might have to do it again. Who knows? <laughs> no, don't even jinx it right now. Because <laughs> actually, if we did it a third time, it would be tied with the bathtub girls for how often yeah. we did it or how many, how many okay. times we did it. But we've had such a terrible start. I feel like we're going to get off this and it's just like my voice isn't going to exist on the recording or something. Oh, shoot. Uh, shoot. <laughs> should, should we maybe? No, we, you know what? We just no, got to go with it. Yeah. You can't stop now. No, we, we just have I to said, go. Yeah. I said, hey, Gabe, we can't go back after that. No, no, that's <laughs> at that point. We, we might as well might as well quit the entire podcast. <laughs> Exactly. So obviously you've heard this one. Yep. You probably don't remember it super well. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Me neither. So I redid all the research, except the first time I actually read a book about it by, I think it was Greg Olson. It's called Starvation Heights. Um, so I read that book a few months ago and then I reread my notes and I also listened to the episode we did. And then I did more research <laughs> because I don't really remember a lot of the book, but yeah. So Wait, how was the episode we did? Um, well, I just listened to the murder part. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one that went up, went off the rails, right? Oh yeah. It was like two or it was like three hours or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if we ever make a Patreon, we'll put it up as like the behind the scenes episode. Yeah, maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. Are you ready? Yep. I'm just going to start right off. This 
is about a woman named Linda Hazard. She was born in Carver, Minnesota in 1867. She was one of eight children and at age 18, she married a man and they had two kids like you obviously should do in the 1800s, late 1800s. But in 1898, this is 13 years after she got married, she just decided this wasn't for her. She was like, I'm done. I don't want to be a mom. I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom with a husband, settled down. And she just bailed. She left them. And she left to pursue a career in Minneapolis. And she briefly studied as a nurse. But then... She ultimately became a doctor through a loophole in the law that stated she was able to practice medicine under a grandfather clause that had a loophole for alternative medicine. So what she studied and what she did, she believed she was like a fasting specialist and she even had a degree in that. But I mean it's technically an alternative medicine and she was able to get a doctorate based on this alternative medicine that she studied. It's insane. Back then people could just do whatever they wanted. Anyway, I mean, yeah. So in 1902, it was a very big year for her. She finally finalized her divorce and she killed her first patient. What? That's a big year, right? It's a rite of passage. Yeah. <laughs> She's so, so amazing. Such an independent woman. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. So as I mentioned, she was like a fasting specialist, and it was determined that her patient died from starvation. But since she didn't have a license for practicing medicine, like she didn't have an actual license, she was a doctor without a license. She was found like she couldn't be held liable for this death. And therefore, it was not guilty. She, I feel like I totally missed the part, like the family went after her after this person died. And the coroner was like. Well, you barely touched upon the fact that she killed the patient. So you could cover it. Yeah, it was 1902. It was a big year. She killed somebody. No, no, I mean, like, you didn't skip anything yet because you just covered oh, okay. that she killed someone. Yeah. I feel like I just, like, went too fast. Um, okay, but... So she killed this woman, the family in the coroner. Coroner? Is that right? Yeah. They went after her for this death, but ultimately it was like, you don't have... She doesn't have a license. This person, like, willingly listened to her and did what she said, but she can't be held liable. Later, the body was returned to the family and mysteriously all of her like expensive jewelry was missing that she always wore. And the family was like, um, what? And Linda was like, I don't know. And nothing was done. <laughs> Later on, she went and met her true soulmate. His name is Samuel Chrisman. He was described as a drunken swindler who had been married twice before. 
and hadn't bothered to divorce the other women before marrying Linda. For those of you who don't know, this is illegal. You can't be married to three people at once. And he was sentenced to two years in prison for bigamy. Bigamy? Bigamy oh. being... Instead of monogamy? Yeah, what, <laughs> I don't know. I wrote bigamy. What does it mean? Bigamy means the act of going through a marriage ceremony while already being married to another person. There you go. <laughs> That's what he did. How dare he? I know. What is he, Mormon? I know. But Linda waited for him. Isn't that romantic? She waited those whole two years for him. And when he got out of prison, they moved to Washington together to start over. So a little backstory about Linda and how she became like this person who believes in fasting. She was a follower of a man named Edward Hooker Dewey who was a doctor who believed in the healing power of nature. And he had his patients fast as a form of treatment, but like not to a crazy extent. It was like, you know, normal fasting that I is even practiced today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Linda, she began to believe that food, <laughs> food had toxins in it and eating it was like, slowly killing you and like your whole digestive system needed a break to be reset kind of like you need sleep you know she thought your body needed to like have a break from digesting food in order to heal but how long did she consider the break needed like how long was the break in her mind uh it seems like 50 days plus I, I would have, I, wait, wait, how did she even arrive at that number? I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like a lot of people that she prescribed something to, a lot of them were different amounts of time, but it seems like 30 to 75 days was around what she usually did. And then it seems like 50 to 75 was more likely. So. Well, who am I to argue with the doctor? I know. Yeah. She... Uh, with her and Sam moving to Washington, she created a practice where patients could fast for, so they had options here, days, weeks, or months. And during a fast, it wasn't like you couldn't eat anything. You were treated to like a couple cups of broth usually, or like asparagus juice. Yum. And every so often you could have a teaspoon of orange juice. A teaspoon? <laughs> a teaspoon. Not even a tablespoon? No. <laughs> Come on, Gabe. You don't want to be fat. Uh, and those toxins, they got to get out. <laughs> you gluttonous creature. So this practice she opened was in Alala, Washington. It was like a few hours away from Seattle. And she called it, She, I didn't write it down. She called it, I think like, she called it something like Nature Heights or something. And the local residents coined the place as Starvation Heights because... Oh, I found the original name. Wilderness Heights. Wilderness. That's close. Nature, wilderness. Come yep. on. Okay. So they coined it Starvation Heights because 
like all the locals, the little kids and stuff would go up and sneak up there and watch all the starving people, like barely able to walk around just skin and bones. And like, sometimes they just fall and it was really bad. So that's why they called it starvation heights. And Linda claimed that she could cure anything from cancer to tuberculosis to insomnia, like literally anything. She's like, you have a problem. I got you. And so her treatments included, besides fasting, they included daily enemas that could last for hours. Do you know what an enema is? Isn't that where they clean out your digestive tract by putting the Mm -hmm. hose up your butt? (laughs) Yes, that is correct. (laughs) And they're not supposed to last hours and you're not supposed to do them daily. Well, excuse them for having a good time, Danny. Damn. No, no, no. (laughs) Her patients would pass out from the pain. What? Yeah. I'll I'll save my questions for the end, but okay. (laughs) Got it. Remember them. Yeah. So on top of the daily enemas, they would also get what is described as massages by Linda. But what they really were, were her taking her fists and just beating this person like on the head, in the stomach, like on your back and just beating them really hard and screaming eliminate. (laughs) Eliminate. Was that part of the therapy process? (laughs) Yeah. Eliminate all the toxins and demons, you know, get that exorcism completed. But did she do it for her sake or did she think that was more... Like, were toxins afraid of her more if she shouted eliminate? I think her reasoning was like it gets the body, like the blood flowing and whatnot, you know? Yeah, but but why shout eliminate? Get the blood flowing and like it helps remove toxins. But but she's the one shouting it as she's hitting. Yeah, eliminate this unhealthiness. Have you heard about how, oh my God, I don't even remember her name. Gwyneth Paltrow, she like believes like bee stings help stimulate like blood flow and like I don't know. Anyways, I'm super allergic to bees. Not like that's so stupid. I guess in the way that the site where you get stung swells up, so that is yeah. that is technically blood rushing to it. So I guess yes, in a way, it promotes a type of blood flow. But it's like your body like freaking out with something bad yeah she runs that you know what we, we shouldn't even give her any exposure <laughs> what little exposure we can give to it to an a-list celebrity with the but bee. i also i feel bad for the bees like come on those poor bees are giving up their life and they're already dying like we don't need yeah. to oh they've been anyways. recovering actually but what right. that's first of all have they really yeah they have oh that's amazing that's good news all right well After these people, like, didn't eat and were being beaten and given enemas, like, they obviously, people began to die. And, but before you die, starvation can be kind of crazy. You start to, like, get, um, what's the word? Death? (laughs) No, 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 no. Organ failure? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, like, you become delirious. Like you're oh, not yeah. in your mental state, you know? Right. So no, during, yeah. Yeah. So during this time, 
Linda would have the patient sign away any cash or property they had. And she said it was considered payment of services and it was all going to the sanatorium. Um, And then when autopsies were performed on the bodies, starvation would almost always appear as the cause of death. And unless Linda did the autopsy herself, then she would list it as something else, like whatever disease they had come in for. Or she would say it was like organ, like kidney failure or something. Her sanitarium began to make headlines in the news with things like woman MD kills another patient. But the people she was targeting, they were all so desperate to like be healed. They had cancer, they had disease. Like it it was a population of people who, you know, just like wanted hope. And she was giving that to them. She was actually described as being almost like a cult leader with how she could get people to believe her. And some people back then like thought that maybe she had almost made a deal with the devil to get her powers of like persuasion. It was crazy. But she obviously got a ton of attention. She was in newspapers. People were like going to her health retreat and not coming back and they were dying and the health director of Seattle came out and said he couldn't do anything since she was licensed and all of her participants were willing in February of uh, 1911 two women came to the sanitarium who would change everything they were two sisters in their 30s and they were very wealthy and hypochondriacs just the people Linda wanted. So they were named Claire and Dorothea. She goes by Dora. And they already practiced some like alternative lifestyle choices for that time. Like they didn't wear corsets or eat meat, which was like scandalous. Corsets were like wearing a t-shirt or bra or something, you know, it's what you did. So they went to Linda and they were told the Institute was still being built, but that they could stay in an apartment in Seattle and she will personally treat them until the sanatorium was ready for them to move in. These sisters were super well off and they traveled a lot and their family didn't approve of their alternative lifestyle. So they just didn't tell their family what they were doing. They didn't say they're going to this place or anything. All they said was like, hey, we're traveling. We'll be like out of touch for a while with you guys, which was super normal for them. And so while they're in this apartment, they survived on two cups of broth a day and daily massages and enemas that lasted over two hours. So I think they were in this apartment for about two months. And then when they left, they were less than 70 pounds. Wow. But they got to leave. The apartment to go to the sanitarium. Oh, fun. (laughs) Yeah, they're not out of the woods yet. (laughs) If they ever will be. So after they leave the apartment, Their nanny, their childhood nanny, gets this weird letter in the mail. And it's this note that she can't really make sense of. And it's from one of the girls, I think Claire. That's me making an insinuation. I'll describe why later. 
and it like she cannot make heads or tails of what it's saying but pretty much she gets like the gist of like I need to go and find them because something's wrong so the nanny is in Australia and she gets on a boat to go over to Washington and that takes a while because they don't have planes back then so while the nanny's traveling Linda managed to get a signature adding her Oh, okay. So Linda managed to get a signature, adding her to the will, the sister's will, and saying that a monthly stipend from the sister's estate would be sent to the Institute as payment. And if any, if they died, they would be cremated immediately. Weird, right? Why would you want that? I don't know. Nothing nefarious. Yeah, obviously not for like bad intentions at all. Okay, so the nanny arrives in Seattle and she gets picked up by Sam, who is Linda's husband. And she was taken to Linda and Linda tells her that Claire has died and Dora has become insane. Uh, The nanny immediately goes, I wish I had written the nanny's name. I feel bad calling her the nanny. (laughs) Sorry, side note. So she goes to visit Dora and she finds this like skeleton of who Dora used to be. She like, you can see pictures of her. She looks like almost like a mannequin, like with it's, it's really bad. So Dora tells her that she wants to leave and she's like, I have to get out of here. And then the next day, she like just changes her mind. She's like, no, the cure is working. I'm getting better. Everything's like good. I don't want to leave. Oh, here it is. Margaret. That's the nanny's name. There you go. (laughs) Uh, So while Margaret was at the sanitarium, she was approached by multiple people who were like, we want to leave. We're not, we like don't feel good here but they just didn't have, they literally didn't have the energy to leave because they would have to walk so far to get to town and they're just like walking skeletons. So Margaret goes and visits Claire's body and at the corners thing, mortuary, and I'm just throwing words out there, hoping one sticks. And she's, she goes and she sees this body and she's like, this isn't Claire. Like the hair color is different. She looks taller than Claire was. And like the face is different. So Margaret gets a little sketched out about that. And she goes and she's like, I'm taking Dora and leaving. We're done with this place. Like it is not helping. And this is when she learns that Linda and Sam now have power of attorney over Dora. They're like now her legal guardians because she's crazy. I used air quotes. They're crazy. Um, and Linda's like, Dora's going to be spending the rest of her life with us. And, oh, I didn't even mention. So Claire, I'm going all over the place. Oh my gosh. So... <laughs> Linda also tells them that Claire died because of some medication she was given as a child that shrunk her kidneys and her body couldn't handle it anymore. 
and she came to seek the treatment too late. So that's what she's saying happened. Okay, so Margaret's like, this is bad. I have to get her out because who knows what's going to happen. And Margaret, they have an uncle who lives, I can't remember where, but it was in the United States on the same coast. It was like kind of close. So Margaret goes to him and she's like, something's wrong. I can't do this. Like I can't get them out because I'm just the help and they're not going to listen to me. And so the uncle comes and at this time, Dora only weighs 60 pounds. But you happen to un- know how tall she was? Damn it, Gabe. <laughs> I, can, I, can, <laughs> I literally remember reading it in the book and I just don't remember how tall it was. She it's was fine. pretty tall. I'm going to make a wild guess and I'll be like somewhere in the ballpark. Five, six. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on the taller side because I remember thinking that they're um, taller than me. Okay. If that helps. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So the uncle comes, Dorothea weighs 60 pounds at this time, super thin and close to death. The uncle manages to bribe the hazards into letting Dora go for $3,000. So this is in 1911. So it's like around... $80,000 now. Whoa. <laughs> These girls have people who really love them. Yeah. But they were also rich. Yeah. Yeah. So after Dorothea leaves, she and like gets a little bit better and healthier. She and her uncle, they like all go to the police and Dr. Has, well, let's not call her Dr. Hazard. Linda was arrested. She is like, wow, you guys are only arresting me because I'm a successful woman. This is like persecution. You're going after me for no reason. And she's like, she says the doctors resent her because of her natural cures that work. So originally the town like didn't want to go after her because the trial was going to be so expensive and Claire or not. Oh, Claire died. Her sister was like, I'm going to do this for Claire. We are going to pay for this trial. We are going to get this woman gone. And the trial actually brings to light a huge paper trail proving that the hazards were like these thieves who just took a bunch of stuff and they um like they forged a bunch of wills they forged a bunch of papers signing stuff over to them the entire land that the sanitarium was built on was from a prior patient that linda had who died Wow. It was like 40 acres or something. Wow. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay, she might be one of the most successful con people in history. Serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) So she's sentenced to like between two and 20 years in prison and she serves two years. And then she gets out and moves to New Zealand and... She operates there under the title of physician, dietitian, and osteopath. And 
she publishes another book. She's already published one. Now she's published two and she makes bank off of it. And then in 1920, she moves back to Washington with the intent to build her dream sanitarium. At this point, like during the original trial she had been in, her medical license had been pulled. So she calls it a school of health to avoid any lawsuits. And she designs this huge building that even has an autopsy room in the basement so she can conduct all the autopsies. In 1935, the new school of health burned down. And then in 1938, she gets sick. She's in her 70s at this point, And she starts fasting and she passes away. How long did she fast for? I didn't see, but at least a couple months, I guess. I don't know. But, um... So her true number of deaths isn't known. It's known to be a minimum of 12. But with the way that she forged a lot of, uh, what are they called? Like death certificates or whatever. What are they called? Like autopsies, reports and stuff like that. It's, it could be in the upper forties. They just don't really know. And then (laughs) they think she might have even like hidden some bodies, cremated them without telling people, stuff like that. So it's just like, you don't know. She for sure killed 12 people, but. But it could be as high as 40. Mm-hmm. Or even higher. Yeah. It's so sad. So that is the story of Linda Hazard. <laughs> oh my gosh. You could say she's a hazard to your health. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say that it's a cool last name, but it's not a cool person. Mm-mm. So many things in this story jumped out. Um, I was surprised just because fasting in particular has had a bit of, of a resurgence in popularity in the West ever since the the research now is showing there's like a lot of good health benefits to it. Mm-hmm. Things I'm not really too familiar on and won't speak much about, but I recommend recommend people look into it because there are benefits to fasting for nowhere near for the amount of time Linda was having them fast in quotes for, but it is something one can try. But Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, I was a little surprised whenever I hear alternative medicine, I think like crystals, (laughs) I think like the really like the woo woo stuff. Yeah, like Chris or like um the the smelly oils, essential oils. Yeah, the essential oil. Basically anything you can find on Gwyneth Paltrow's website, like that, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. stuff that doesn't work, which is why she's selling it. Mm-hmm. But of course she what she does isn't fasting. It's just straight starvation. Yeah. And like the fact that so I looked it up how long you can go without eating food because from what i saw the it varied quite wildly in terms of what is feasible mm-hmm. some people can die after eight days of no food and others can last as long as 40 days mm-hmm. i believe actually the magician slash illusionist david blaine he went from september 5th 
to October 19th in 2003, which was 44 days without eating. Why? What? No. Yeah. But keep in mind, he trained and prepared and researched and had doctors nearby and was Is being he monitored. Fat? Is he like, no, he's no, he's, really? Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking. The difference was, was like how much your body has that it can like live off of. Yes. Uh, there's, there's another interesting one about that. I'll bring up in a sec, but David Blaine pulled this off and actually I believe some, uh, at least one medical journal was written about the experience because there's something called refeeding syndrome, which came up. I don't know if, if people were aware of it during the Holocaust or if it's only now in hindsight that they're that's sort of putting two and two together. Once the allies came in and found these people starving to death, they would give them rations and food. And, but apparently that can actually cause death. You need to be fed slowly over time after you've gone so long without food. And David Blaine was able to provide additional data in that regard, because here you had someone who had willingly starved themselves for 40 days, which is, you know, that's very hard to come by naturally. And it's, and it's, it would be wildly unethical to have any participant in any health study do that. So he provided valuable data in that regard, but wow. Yeah. (laughs) But that is the upper end of what a physically fit, trained individual can survive. And she was recommending times beyond that for her patients. So I mean, they they did get that teaspoon of orange juice. So that's true. I mean, that (laughs) that really, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for the teaspoon of orange juice with its filthy toxins, they could have probably let let, uh, just lived indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because think about it. A hundred percent of people who eat food die. That's true. Yes. So science. if we just never eat, we could live forever. I mean, that's just science. Yeah. But okay. So now, now, that, we've, now that we've covered sort of relative, you know, healthy and we won't speak to his mental health, but now, now that we've covered like healthy individuals, uh-huh. there was a man who lived a year without eating food. He sounds like a liar. Uh, Nope. He was uh, studied because he was morbidly obese and he was a Scottish man. Did he take vitamins? Yes. He took vitamins. Yes. I've heard of him. Yes. Now, I guess we we could sort of argue as to whether or not vitamins count as food. So instead, we'll just say uh, this man fasted for 382 days and he was morbidly obese. And he lived essentially on uh, coffee, soda, water, vitamins while living at home. And he lost 276 pounds over the, the course of 382 days. That's more than two of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that is technically possible. So his body, and he was being monitored by, by, by doctors. But under a safe environment, you can pull off crazy feats like this. But again, Linda Hazard was not providing her patients with nutrients, with vitamins, 
She wasn't really there to monitor the, monitor them. She was hitting them while yelling. What was it? Eliminate. Eliminate. <laughs> yeah. That's a, something out of Doctor Who. I was gonna say that. I was like, "There's no way Gabe watched Doctor Who." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, that those are two extreme cases of people being able to last a long time without eating with I, the proper care. I once did this juice fast for like three days, not to brag, but. <laughs> Okay. How did you feel after three days of that? I felt fine. Really? Yeah. I never really even got hungry. Really? Yeah. But you know me, I don't really eat that much anyways. Yeah. But that's just like sugar water. It's just vegetable juice. Oh, you put, you put veg- I guess that would work. It has fiber and mm-hmm. some stuff. It just, honestly, just pooping sounds like it'd be awful. That's just what like does? pooping. You don't want to be like, if your, your diet is entirely liquid, that just sounds like. I didn't notice any difference. It was but, only three days. Like, yeah, but that just sounds rough. And, and where do you eat? I mean, I, I know you weren't really counting calories here, but do you think you were eating as, as much as you were before the, the, the juice fast? Or juice like af- when I started eating again? Yeah. Like, do you think calorie wise it was? roughly the same amount of food yeah probably huh danny i I know very little about juice fasting i've i've never had it recommended to me directly but i've heard of people talking about it like that they try it Mm -hmm. and in my head i've always been kind of like does that is that really a thing like would any any health professional really recommend that Probably not, but I will tell you, my skin was glowing after. <laughs> I did not lose any weight or anything, but my skin was so happy. Probably, probably because I don't drink enough water. So I was super dehydrated. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> you know. Shoot, that, that actually reminds me of any number of these health. You see it a lot right now with some of this, um, there's a term that I I came across. So I I got really into nootropics when I was in college. And for those who don't know, nootropics are smart drugs. It's any kind of drug or it can can even come from an inorganic substance like um, green tea has two nootropics in it. One's L-theanine, which is an amino acid that has been studied quite extensively, or I'll say quite moderately uh, to have some mood stabilization effects, improve concentration, and it has some synergistic properties with caffeine. Whereas too much caffeine can make you anxious and jittery, healthy and nine seems to work as a good counterbalance to that. So I drink a lot of green tea. And in college, I took a lot of healthy and nine and caffeine tablets to get me through my undergrad and martial arts and the business and everything. And so I really like those. And nootropics, I think overall have some really good benefits. But you get a lot of people who get really into stuff that isn't well studied and can be actually quite dangerous. And that's how I feel a little bit about juice cleanses. I think you get sucked in by like stuff like that. Like perhaps you don't get enough fiber in your diet or you don't eat enough greens or you don't drink enough water. So you do it and you do see some benefits, but it's less the juice cleanse and more 
oh, maybe you, you need like a healthier diet and to drink mm-hmm. more water and possibly sleep more. Oh, man. So I always think there's like the little hook that gets you there. Yeah, there is. Yeah. But that's yeah. just any good marketing. But right. Yeah. Because you see it now with stuff. Uh, it's like it's this term called biohacking. Like how to hack your brain, how to how to, how to take advantage of what your brain is doing. Mm-hmm. And there are, are, of course, things you can take advantage of. Like there are, there are like natural rhythms to hormones. I know a little bit more about men's because it's, it's pretty simple. Testosterone mm-hmm. levels are higher in the day or in the morning. Done. Like, Oh, really? Yeah. In the morning of all things. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I would have assumed it would be the opposite. Huh? No, I guess it makes sense. Cause you've been resting. Yeah. No, like it, it does make sense. I, it just, in terms of like my energy level, I seem to be more awake at night. So huh. maybe I'm broken. Who knows? But I mean, your sleep schedules like got super whack from all the traveling. Yeah. That, that doesn't help. No. Worth it. <laughs> no, no, you need to do. Yeah. Go to bed at 8 PM and wake up at 5 AM. Just like a CEO. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this video. I won't name it because the guy does not deserve any more uh, views. He is this guy who put out a video like day in the life of a 20 year old CEO. And no joke. One, it's like very well produced. He clearly spent a lot of money producing it, which in a paid off. But it like starts with him saying like, oh, at 5 a.m. I like get out of bed. Because that's like early to bed, early to rise, early bird gets the worm. And he opens the curtains in his New York apartment. And no joke, the sun is like way the hell up in the sky. Like, like there's no way it's 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I'll send it to you and you'll see. Like, the sun's like way up in the sky. Like, no chance it's 5 a.m. And this is New York up. City. I get up at 5 a.m. in the West Coast, which is 8 there. And it is like dark. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get light until like six. And this is like when it gets like light in the morning. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. No, it's complete BS. Oh, actually. Well, okay. So to be fair to Linda Hazard, Russia technically cured people of COVID because when they died, Russia was like, look, another person who got over COVID. Boom. Health. no (laughs) that's not how it works (laughs) Uh, there's just so much there's so much wrong with that i don't know i don't know where to go (laughs) i'm just gonna ignore it um (laughs) so anyways i think anyways yeah (laughs) I, i just keep hearing oh my god I don't even know how to change the topic. I don't know, Danny. Are you saying Russia is wrong? Yes. <laughs> Putin, come at me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't. He's really scary. Yeah, he's former KGB. That guy's yeah. for sure he, killed people. He rides bears. Like, like a real man. And yeah. kills tigers that are chained to a tree. Because <laughs> nothing is manlier than shooting at a chained tiger. Sorry, to be fair to him, he may, the tiger may have been roped, not chained. So my bad, Putin. Oh, yeah. The tiger should have ch- chewed out and just attacked him. Yeah. 
So really it's the tiger's fault. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, uh, Linda really did seem to be a master of persuasion. I, I don't know how, I don't understand how you can convince people to starve themselves to death. That's like next level. Well, every single person who ever talked about her, it seemed like they all said that she has like these, have you ever met somebody who just like, like commands a room and like, you don't feel comfortable, like objecting to what they're saying. Like, they're just like, I'm here and I'm right. And like super persuasive too. Like she should have been a cult leader. Like that's how they described her as, as a cult leader. So, I mean, in a way she was, I know, right. <laughs> she gathered a group of people, told them that she knew the only way towards salvation took all their stuff and ultimately led them astray and many to their death. Mm-hmm. And they all like lived in this, like, yeah. This yeah. 40 acre facility, which she mm-hmm. gave her, like she rewrote the will of a former patient. That's, that's so crazy to me. <laughs> How, and she gets two years and she gets two years of prison. Mm-hmm. goes to New Zealand, gets to be, writes a book and it's, it's just still successful somehow. And then she just like, can't let it go. I mean, I, I guess, yeah. I guess that means to some extent, maybe it wasn't entirely about the money and it was about having people listen to her. Maybe. Yeah. I do think she did definitely believe like part of what she was doing because yeah. I mean, she ultimately died fasting but I, it doesn't make it okay <laughs> no and that is a fascinating situation because I, I understand the courts torn on whether or not they could i mean now the laws change just because of people like this but at mm-hmm. the time how novel is that because she's not keeping them against their will technically She's not forcing them to starve themselves. Yeah. And I mean, wasn't back then, back when like, like they put Coke in Coca-Cola? Like back when it yeah. was real Coke, yeah. Yeah. I would sponsor so, Coke if they still made that Coke. <laughs> so yeah, it was just a different time. But the crazy thing is they think it hasn't been proven. But you know how Margaret went to see Claire and it was like a different body? They think she had worked out a deal with the mortuary to like help her get away with it. So like, so like, even if she believed like, oh, I think fasting can cure you. She still had ulterior, ulterior motives. Like she wanted their stuff. She like would have them sign stuff over when they're in delirious state. I don't know. She's just manipulative. Yeah. And a serial killer, for sure, right? Because she killed at least 12 people at different times. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd want to revisit the definition of a serial killer because it's kind of like, I don't think, I don't think Manson gets called a serial killer, right? Didn't he kill them all at once? Uh, didn't they kill themselves? Well, yeah, they did. That's, oh, that's true. So, Yeah. Let's see. 
Yeah, so, so according to the FBI, serial murder is the unlawful killing of two or more victims by the same offenders in separate events. And he didn't really seem to fall into that category. Hmm. Because, yeah, he never murdered anyone himself. He had his followers do it. So it's a murder by proxy. Wait, but what about Linda? I mean, she never... I guess, you know, what what would probably tip the scales to her being a serial killer is actually the fact that she would hit them under the guise of it being a massage. Yeah. If she never physically touched them, that'd be a weird one. Like, I'm sure there's some law... If if by any chance we have any lawyer listeners, please reach out to us. It would be awesome to have someone we could like bounce this kind of stuff back and forth with. Because I would love to know. Yeah, like I'm sure that's illegal to do now, but I would like to know a little bit more about that law in particular or that mm-hmm. th- those series of laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because hmm. yeah, when we think of killers. Usually it's like one of our previous women we've talked about. There's a gun involved. Well, there was there was Shelly Notak who like just tortured them to death, like made them do things. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a messed up one too. Yeah, that one was so bad. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I guess oof, Linda's probably worse just because of pure volume. Yeah, but I think Shelly was more she enjoyed it this one she seems not so much to enjoy it but like she half believes it and then half has like financial motives yeah um can you imagine if they met because they were both master manipulators (gasps) we would have either been best friends or just like the worst enemies yeah (laughs) frenemies (laughs) been all nice to each other like hey how you doing and then you turn a corner and like that bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah because huh maybe if if you believe in reincarnation maybe shelly no tech (gasps) is just a reincarnation of linda hazard oh my gosh well no other way linda turned into shelly yeah yeah, Shelly Notek is the reincarnation of Linda Hazard. Yeah, that's oh correct. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Who's the next one? <gasps> it could be any of you. <laughs> dun dun dun. Wait, Shelly's not dead. <laughs> oh, who will be next? <laughs> yeah, there you dun, go. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. We never get to well, we we very rarely get to hear what did the parents think? Like, what did Linda Hazard's parents make of all this? They were never mentioned. I think they probably died before she was arrested. Got it. I just, mm-hmm. I would, things like that, I'd love to know. Well, I mean, it, it's possible they were kept in the dark, especially for Linda, because it, it was, you know, mm-hmm. quite a while ago and communication wasn't as quick. This is the last one we talked about. I think it was Stacy Castor. Her mom, like, believed her till the end. She was like, oh, yeah, you're innocent, even though you're saying your daughter wrote this suicide note and killed her father. Like there's that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one was still weird to me Mm -hmm. because as someone who doesn't have kids, let alone grandkids, I've just heard people describe like such a fierce instinct to protect 
one's own kids. But I'd always thought that would also apply to the grandkids. And yeah. I don't know. I just another person I would like I would have liked to have a conversation with about like, you know, what, what about this evidence or sequence of events leads you to believe your granddaughter killed at, at 11 versus your daughter killing several people? <laughs> okay, well, you can go find these people to interview and I'm going to stay <laughs> far away from them. <laughs> hey, if it, was, if it was over Zoom much like this, then no. that could be cool. No, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to these people. They're crazy. They're not normal. They're not good. No. You do that on your own. (laughs) All right. The uncle who bribed the hazards to let Dorothea go with the now equivalent of 80K. I know, I know they're rich and like being rich, that sort of fee isn't as big of a deal, but her nanny I made a comment as you were telling it that she must have been really loved. It wasn't even so much about the amount of the money. It was that the nanny was also willing to cross the entire world to come check in on them. It almost seemed like she was part of the family. You know how like when you're in that kind of position, you get really close to the family. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of seemed like she was almost part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. That that's like a long flight now on a boat. It it was like over a month or something crazy. It was yeah. like a long trip. Yeah. And there's no way those conditions are great to live in. No. So that's real dedication. Yeah. I hope Dora. Dorothea. Dorothea. Dora, like... Dora was her nickname. Yeah, I hope she was like very thankful. I'm sure she was. Yeah. Oh, but. do you know how her story, like, did she get to live out her life? Uh, yeah, you know what? I looked. I didn't really, I, I feel like it said it in the book, but I couldn't remember. Um, I know that it was really a hard transition for her to go back to eating. And she did something like she, she lived like a normal life after that. But I do know the trial was really hard on her because she was still like really frail and it was hard for her to get back into a healthy weight and state and everything. So, but no, I'm not sure like how long she lived. I just know about during the trial, it was really hard on her and it took a long time for her to get healthy. To think after all that suffering, two years was all Linda got two years. I know. And she did it all for Claire. And it's just like, I, if she lived long enough to see Linda starve herself to death, I feel like that'd be good justice though. Yeah, that would be, yeah. Even then it wouldn't be like, how, how long do you think Linda starved herself for? You're asking these questions. I don't know the answer to. <laughs> Here, let's Google it. I'm sure it's. Yeah. Because like if Linda was just happened to be fasting, and then she died of natural causes anyway. And mm-hmm. that's that's like not the same. But if Linda, just because she truly believed this, thought, I know what'll save me at 70, not eating. And then she spent like two weeks not eating. And that would be a little more justice served material. 
Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how long. Even, even if we can't find the answer, the, the real answer is going to be not long enough. Yeah. But oh well. So that was Lynn Hazard. She's very successful in both her profession and her serial killing lifestyle and all that. <laughs> uh, and a woman who's a doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By a claws, <laughs> a loophole. <laughs> yeah. Starts her own institute. Mm-hmm. Author. Yeah. World traveler. Yes. Hashtag feminism. I know. Strong and divorcee. Look at that. She, yeah. she doesn't need a man. No, she doesn't. Left her kids behind. Who cares? Not Linda. <laughs> They're probably better off, honestly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. One of the people she ended up killing actually had a son, and she took the son in, and he now owns a restaurant in like LA or something random, a seafood restaurant. Whoa. <laughs> He's like alive and just like ironically works with food. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's still alive. He has like a whole franchise that he created. Actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still alive because nothing said he died that I read. Whoa. So she raised the kid of one of the patients she killed. Yes. That's super weird. I know, but not her own kids. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. On that note, I think that's all we got. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on our things and stuff. And I hope this episode is listenable. If not, then third time's the charm.